Rusty Quill presents. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It was terribly cold. Nearly dark. On the last evening of the old year. The snow was falling fast. In the cold in the darkness, a poor little girl, with bare head and naked feet, roamed through the streets of the sticks. Of course, when she had left her house, she'd had slippers on. But what good had they been? They were very big slippers, way too big for her. But they belonged to her mother. The little girl had lost them running across the road, where two carriages had rattled by terribly fast. One slipper she'd not been able to find again, and a shine boy had run off with the other, saying he could use it very well as a basket or his polish. And so the little girl walked on her naked feet, which were quite red and blue with the cold. In an old apron, she carried several packages of Duncan's matches, and she held a box of them in her hand. She was not able to sell them during the match embargo, and no one had given her a cent otherwise. Shivering with cold and hunger, she crept along, a picture of misery. Poor little girl. The snowflakes fell on her long, fair hair, which hung in pretty curls over her neck. In all the windows, lights were shining, and there was a savory smell of roast goose. For it was New Year's Eve. Yes, she remembered that. She'd never met a Duncan brother, or a fulcrum, never held him a nervous solution. And yet the riots, the barricades, the embargoes had prevented her from selling matches at corners and alleys. Even the candy that had fallen from the sky in the night, Mr. Pedigree's candy, had been snatched from her hands as the local boy gangs hoarded their stashes. Born in the sticks in a one-room hovel, she had never eaten at the Nightshade Cafe, never stayed at the Duchess Hotel, never attended a play at the Palace Theatre. In a corner formed by two houses in the sticks, one of which projected beyond the other, She sank down, huddled herself together. She'd drawn her little feet under her. But she could not keep off the cold. She dared not go home, for she had sold no matches and could not take home even a penny. Her father would certainly punish her. Besides, it was almost as cold at home as here, for they had only the roof to cover them, through which the wind howled, although the largest holes had been stopped up with straw and rags. Her little hands were almost frozen with the cold. Oh, how much one little match might warm her. 
if she could draw it from the bundle and strike it against the wall just to warm her fingers. She drew one out. How it sputtered and burned. It made a warm, bright flame like a tiny candle as she held her hands over it. But it gave a strange light. It really seemed to the little girl as if she were sitting before a great iron stove with shiny brass knobs and a brass cover. How wonderfully the fire burned. How comfortable it was. The youngster stretched out her feet to warm them too. Then the little flame went out. Stuff vanished. She had only the remains of the burnt match in her hand. She struck another match against the wall. It burned brightly. And when the light fell upon the wall, it became transparent like a thin veil. And she could see through it into a room. On the table, a snow-white cloth was spread, and on it stood a shining dinner service. The roast chestnuts steamed gloriously, piled high in baskets, and roast goose, and what was still better. The chestnuts jumped down from the table and danced around the room. Then the match went out, and she could see only the thick, cold, match. And she was sitting under the most beautiful decorated tree. It was much larger and much more beautiful than the one she had seen last year through the glass door at the rich merchant's home. Thousands of twinkling lights adorned the branches. Colorful ornaments hung glistening in the candlelight. The little girl reached both her hands towards them. And the match went out. The tree lights rose higher and higher till they looked to her like the stars in the sky. Then she saw a star fall, leaving behind it a bright streak of fire. Someone has passed, thought the little girl. But the mistress, Celine, the only one who had ever been kind to her, had whispered to that when a star falls. A brand new spirit arrives in the city. She rubbed another match against the wall. Its phosphorus ignited a green-white light, and in the flickering emerald glow... Celine stood with reassuring eyes, beckoning from the darkness. Oh, don't go, cried the child. I know you will disappear when the match is burned out. You will fade like the warm stove, the wonderful roast goose, and the beautifully grand tree. And she quickly struck the whole bundle of matches, for she wished to keep her mistress with her. The matches burned with such a glow that it became brighter than daylight. Celine reached out and took the little girl by the hand, wandering into the green fog together, where there was no cold or hunger or fear. In the dawn of morning, there lay the poor little one, with pale cheeks and smiling mouth, leaning against the wall. She had been frozen on the last evening of the year, and the New Year's light rose and shone upon a little corpse. The child still sat in the stiffness of death, holding the matches in her hand, one bundle of which was burnt. She tried to warm herself, said some. No one imagined what exquisite things she had seen, nor into what radiance she had entered on New Year's Day.